Okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, sorry for the delay, everybody. Um, unfortunately, I was busy Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I had some cameramen up here taking pictures for some kind of short film on Sunday, and then I also had the Klondike Derby on Saturday. My team came in second place, which was, yay, all nice. Uh, but I'm here now because I figured, you know what, I might as well record my podcast episode today while it's nice and quiet around the house. So that said, uh, yeah, sit back and relax and we'll get this started. So... Picking up where we last left off, deep within the elevator, Beelzebub flicked his poker-chip-themed hologram around nervously. He finally got tired of waiting, and scrolled through the many different princes to Lucifer's profile. Hey, hey, Lukey, good to see you again. Lucifer groaned beneath his hat, then readjusted that in his suit before spawning. Oh, here we go. Ah, yes, Bubsy, good to see you too. Tell me, do you have the prisoner? Got her right here. Hey, say hi, why don't you? Dr. Cynthia instinctively turned away, but was delighted when Lucifer screamed in rage. You imbecile! I told you to get the Sin Hunter, not some pathetic girl! Beelzebub muted and hid himself. Excuse me one sec, big guy. Beelzebub smiled, then immediately twisted his emerald face and ruby eyes into horror. His pupils went from dollar signs to withering skulls. Oh, no, 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 no! Wasn't the Sin Hunter that guy I kicked back a while ago? Oh, why'd I kick him out of the elevator? Dr. Cynthia laughed, spinning around on the polished floor to face the much taller Prince of Greed. Haha, <laughs> man, you're screwed now. Stick a cork in it, Ranger Rick. Beelzebub sighed, bringing his lime green shade of skin down to a forest green. <sighs> okay, keep going. You got this. Beelzebub shifted to what he excelled at, business. Alrighty, little mouth flapper, I'll tell you what. Beelzebub leaned in, and for once, Dr. Cynthia felt the slightest bit of fear. Something about his eyes terrified felt terrifying beyond belief. What, you overgrown grape skin? The monarch of materialism smiled with a sinister aura. Well, here's what I'm going to do. If I can't get your partner, I guess I'll just have to do whatever we were going to do to him. The prince leaned in even further, revealing every little detail on his face. To you. Boop. Dr. Cynthia shuddered to think about what the prince actually had in mind, but she kept her calm as best she could. Well, I'd just be grateful you got me and not him. By the way, when's your buddy waking up? Just as Cynthia spoke the question, Azazel snapped up, rubbing his head. Oh, what? Wait, where the hell? Instantly, everything snapped back to you. Oh, oh, wait. Nah, I know what happened. He sat up and climbed to his feet, his silver spurs clinging on the floor. Oh, we're halfway down. Oh, Bubsy. Good to see you, you old son of a gun. Beelzebub turned upon hearing his associate. Hey, Azazel, good to see you too. Hey, we got a problem regarding this little gal. Beelzebub, or Azazel, shrugged. Nope, I'll construct to get her. Your job was to get the Sin Hunter. Beelzebub smacked himself in the face. You know, that's just great. Outside of the elevator, against the rising temperatures and wind, Jack clung to the outside of the roof, using the withering bite to hold tight to the edge. And after what felt like forever, Jack felt the elevator slow down, and light poured through the tunnel. Outside, Jack could see orange skies with puffy white clouds and a vast golden city stretching endlessly in every direction. Mountains made from crystals emerged from the horizon, growing up and past the clouds. 
Jack let his grip go slack, and he stood up, kicking through the glass dome in the tunnel. He jumped out and broke into a sprint, just barely darting around the corner of a building as the elevator doors opened. Jack let his breath catch up, and then he looked around the edge of the golden wall. Beelzebub and Azazel both exited the doors, and Beelzebub had Dr. Cynthia over his shoulder. Azazel began a conversation, but Jack didn't bother to hear it. He was satisfied enough that they didn't notice he had made it there, so Jack took off. His gear certainly didn't blend in with the locals nor the building, so he swapped out his color palette again. He was able to use an outside bank account to scrape together enough money, but as he was walking back through the street, he heard young and commotion emerging from a restaurant across the road. Jack walked over, only to meet with a tall, wire-thin man getting kicked out the door. His bat wings folded back into his coattails, and he wore a strange cinematic mask. Well, fine. Don't judge a by... Sorry. Don't judge a guy by his cover. Yeesh. The man picked up his briefcase and then saw Jack. Hey, pal. Yeah, sorry, I got nothing left to sell you. Out of stock. Jack stopped and squinted. I feel like I know you from somewhere. The man looked up from his longer and tattered hair, revealing a cinema mask. One half was smiling, and the other was frowning. The name's Shrap, like shrapnel, because I explode with great business deals and wondrous merchandise unique to every ring. Jack nodded. Hmm. Well, I suppose it wouldn't hurt to see exactly what you've got. Shrap sighed. Oh, but that's the problem. I'm rather short on investments, and my accounts won't add up. I'm living off what I can get my bony hands on. Trap opened up his briefcase and jumped down through it, the briefcase closing behind him. Pleasure chatting with you, pal. The briefcase disappeared, and Jack was left alone in the street with a business card. Within the Hall of Kings... Oh, I probably could have taken a long Within the Hall of Kings, a grand palace of gold and diamond, he sat. The rings knew him as the Golden Knight, but deep within he shared another name. Satan, the Lord of Envy. Or in this case, the Lord of Golden Hell. He watched as his disciples and citizens walked through the streets and roads about, driving their fancy automobiles and donning their ring-renowned attire. An emerald knight in bulky armor with a green battle axe over one shoulder stepped forward. Pardon me, your lordship, but the people wish to speak with you. Satan smiled, then lifted his spirits as he always did. Yes, of course, Farinir. Let us go greet the good citizens of the splendorous and wondrous civilization we have created. The Golden Knight stood up and flicked his plated knight's visor down, hiding his charred, charcoal, ash, withered skin. You have been the reigning prince of Goldenhelm for almost 300 years to date, Satan, the Golden Knight thought as he strode out to his balcony. The people adore and respect you. You are a wise and mighty ruler, fit for far more than your current position. And yet, you are content. The Golden Knight looked out over his people and raised his arms in delight. My people! Welcome, all of you! As your ruler, I shall now listen to your concerns and your needs. So please, speak freely, for the Golden Knight is your audience. And the people replied with roaring enthusiasm. The Emerald Knight leaned in. Sir, the Diamond and Silver Flanks have returned from their patrol. They have spotted the Sin Hunter that so many people are afraid of. The Golden Knight shook his head. No, don't let the good people of the city fear him. They, no, I have no quarrel with him. He should, well, should he be a nuisance? The Golden Knight grabbed a razor-tipped lance from the wall and found his amber ring of Golden Helm seated on the handguard. I'll simply run him through with this. Beelzebub and Azazel entered Golden Helm and took in the strange sight of gold and jewels everywhere. Ugh, what impractical building materials. What do you say, Bubsy? But Beelzebub was affixed to every polished gold surface in his view. Casino slots and banknotes went off and fluttered in front of his eyes. Azazel groaned, slapping himself in his skinless face. Oh, brother, completely forgot that you and this place don't mix well, and neither do I. Beelzebub shook the thought loose and then sighed. Ah, you're right. All right, I'll get back to 
well, casinos. I mean, they ain't gonna make money themselves, you know. Beelzebub and Azazel shook hands. Good seeing you again, Bubsy. Beelzebub smiled and nodded. Oh, believe me, Zaze, the pleasure's all mine. Beelzebub sighed and adjusted his cuffs. Well, I'll be in Plaza Magnificent if you need me. Hopefully that Sin Hunter doesn't show up and wreck everything. Totally not foreshadowing. Azazel smiled and began his walk towards the King's Hall far ahead. Dr. Cynthia, however, had successfully snapped her rope spining her hands. But she was curious, so she stayed limp and played along as the much bigger Prince of Rathnir hauled her away. But once they crossed the threshold, Cynthia snapped free and bolted, jumping off of Azazel's shoulder. What? Hey! Dr. Cynthia ran as though she had never before, wings bestowed to her feet. She rounded as many corners as she could until she couldn't hear Azazel's heavy breathing anymore. But down the hall, she did hear, I hate these gold walls. Messes up my tracking skills. Dr. Cynthia made note of this. He can't find me if gold's involved. Got it. She turned and dashed away as the sun began to set. It was officially the evening before the cleanse. But unbeknownst to her, something was already happening. Her help was on the way. Jack walked through the twilight, gold-paved roads of envy, feeling the truly sensational feel of his boots on polished gold. He looked all around and then saw something that puzzled him. People were slowly walking towards the King's Hall far away. Jack politely stopped someone and asked, Excuse me, I was wondering if you could tell me what everyone's walking to. The Iron Knight stopped and nodded, replying poorly. Oh, the Gala of Year's End, of course. It's a massive ceremony, honoring those who perished during the cleanse. It happens tomorrow, you know. Jack nodded. Thanks for the information. I'll be on my way over there in a bit. I have some friends to see. The Iron Knight tipped his visor, then walked with the crowd to the palace. Jack tapped his foot anxiously on the ground for him to plan his head. No doubt they're holding Dr. Cynthia there. I need to find a way in, Jack thought. He looked up to see the strobe lights. I better change into my tech gear. It might just save me. Jack changed, cutting and snipping some parts of his lab coat off. In no time at all, he had fashioned a striking white suit from the lab coat. Jack suited up like a spine in action film, removing his fedora with hesitation. But finally, he started his walk over to the growing crowd at the entrance to the palace. As he walked, he thought about what could go wrong, and then began a series of backup plans to counter those nasty thoughts. He finally reached the check-in line for the gala, and he handed the Emerald Guard his ID. The guard checked it over and smiled, stamping a paper. All good, Mr. Ryder. You'll find your name tag inside. Head on in. Jack nodded, as it was common courtesy, and then ran around the side of the crowd and slowly began ascending the golden foot and handholds on the side of the wall. He climbed up, 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 and then looked around, peeking his head through the window. Guests were flooding in for the party in the castle, and guards were everywhere, lining the hallways. Jack needed something to blend in. He prayed that his new suit and tie would help to substantially blend in more. Jack looked both ways, and then jumped over the ledge, running inside. The silver and diamond guards roamed the halls, armed with swords and shields. Jack made note, tucking withering bite further into his jacket. He slunk through the hallway, making careful note of every corridor and room he passed. He ran into ruby guards, who mainly occupied the libraries in the main hall. Magic casters, Jack noted. The guards he had to look out for, however, were the Platinum Knights. These, these judges, although... Sh- Although few in number, were decked with armor, and Jack knew that platinum was a tough and thick-plated metal. If their armor really was platinum, his bullets wouldn't do anything. He would need to use withering bite to take him down. But as he approached the gala and overlooked the party from the floor, he was introduced to two things. One was a silver guard with very strikingly detailed armor, who offered Jack a fancily decorated mask. These are purely optional, but the Golden Knight would prefer you wear them. Jack nodded and smiled, then took the colorful wolf mask and slid over his face. Well, at least I have some face covering. Thank you very much. It was here that Jack, much like everyone else in the palace, turned their attention to the doors that swung open in the Grand Hall. 
the golden knight in all his glory, wielding a blue amber-studded lance, strode forward and smiled to greet his people. People of Golden Helm, do not panic, nor ever forget those who have given their lives in hell above for this magnificent gala tonight. The people cheered and applauded, as well as shed some tears and recalled their loved ones. But the Golden Knight saw this, and he said, Need I remind you, good citizens, the dead are not so easily gone, not so long as we hold them dear in our hearts. Let us tell their stories tonight. Jack sighed, then thinking about his dad. But, that, but the Sin Hunter kicked in then, and he turned, running through the crowd towards the stairwell that pushed him deeper into the depths of the castle. So I implore you, relax and enjoy the festivities. This is a night of honor and celebration, of passing and of memories. Enjoy, each and every one of you. The Golden Knight stepped away from his pedestal, to which the crowd chanted his name and threw their hands up, cheering. Far into the depths of the castle, Dr. Cynthia rummaged through the hallways, checking for anything that could help her situation. But after going through some items, she came across something incredibly valuable. 